We are back for another edition of SJHL Weekly. Thank you so much for joining us across the SJHL social media platforms. My name is Jeremy Corgan. We have a full show planned for you. It's going to be a jam-packed edition of SJHL Weekly. But, of course, this show would not be possible without our great sponsors. Chevrolet, Capital Automall, Great Western, Cantera Seeds, RBC, Sastel, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Tourism Saskatchewan, and Young's Equipment. On today's show, of course, we're going to break down another busy weekend in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. But we're also going to be joined by one of the newest commits in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, a direct West commitment, and that being Jaden Mercier of the Flin Flon Bombers, who has committed to Lindenwood University. So a very busy episode, but also a very fun and exciting episode as we bring in, of course, one of my great co-hosts, Jamie Neugebauer. Jamie, how are we doing today? Doing great. Good. Happy that uh, happy that myself and the Notre Dame Hounds team bus uh, <laughs> got back home safely because it was pretty hairy yesterday. Uh, but yeah, doing great. Thanks. And as you can see, uh, at our, as our set, we are one person short once again. And that Jamie kind of alluded to it. The weather in Saskatchewan right now, I don't know. It's a little, a little typical. Yeah, a little typical for this time of year. The roads aren't the greatest right now. And as a result, our other co-host, Rory McGorn, is at his apartment in the beautiful community of Humboldt. Rory, how are we doing today? Uh, doing great. Mother Nature, once again, takes me back and keeps that seat beside Nugsy cold. But it's not going to cool down the hockey talk that we got in store. Uh, there's a lot to go over. And I just want to say congratulations out to Jaden Mercier and Jacob Vockler. SJHL now has four NCAA Division I commits, and it's not even in November. I love it. You have to love it. Yes, of course, uh, Jacob Vockler, also a Direct West commitment, and hopefully we have him mm -hmm. on the show sooner rather than later as well. But like Rory mentioned, it was another busy weekend in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, so let's get right to it. Friday night, there was five games in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, and we saw the Flin Flon Bombers with a 2-0 victory over the Notre Dame Hounds. A big win by Melville over Wayburn, 6-1. Battlefords continues to roll, 5-2 win over Yorkton. Kindersley with the come-from-behind win over the Humboldt Broncos, 5-3. And then the Melford Mustangs shutting out the Esteban Bruins, 3-0. Now on Saturday, another Slate of games, five on the schedule. Weyburn bouncing back in the second half of that home-and-home. 7-5 home, winners over Melville. Humboldt also bouncing back, 5-4 over Nipperwin. Kindersley sweeps the weekend, 5-2 over Yorkton. LaRange with a 3-2 overtime win over the Notre Dame Hounds as Notre Dame wrapped up 3-3. Three and three. And Melfort completing the weekend sweep of the Esteban Bruins, 3-2 at the Northern Lights Palace. Let's start, Rory, with the Humboldt Broncos. Obviously, uh, I think uh, a disappointing loss on Friday with a 3-1 lead going into the third period, but then bouncing back nicely on Saturday over the Nipwin Hawks. What did you see from those two games uh, for the Broncos? Um, yeah, I mean, the Humboldt Broncos took on the Kindersley Clippers, and that's actually the team that I kind of want to focus on this mm -hmm. weekend because two huge wins knocking off the Humboldt Broncos on a four-goal third-period effort from Kindersley. Then they did the exact same thing to the Yorkton Terriers. Four more goals in the 5-2 win at home. Cody Jamin was the man, faced 91 shots over the weekend and won both games for the Kindersley Clippers. On the other side for the Humboldt Broncos, yeah, it shows the parity in the league once again. It shows you can't take a night off. Kindersley, uh, you know, outplayed them throughout, I would say, half the game. First half of the second period and definitely in the third period, outplayed the Humboldt Broncos. 
And uh, they kind of survived a weekend scare because they went into the third period against Nippowin losing four to two and somehow came back in that game to win five, four. But uh, the Humboldt Broncos grateful to pick up two points against the Nippowin Hawks. They're now three and zero though, when they hit, when they enter the third period trailing. So the Humboldt Broncos, you know, they can win in different ways. And once again, they're down by two going into the third period and they find a way and come out on top. Yeah, and obviously you, you kind of mentioned it. You know, the Kindersley Clippers haven't had a, a great start to the season, but I think the big thing that the three of us have definitely talked about, and maybe Jamie, you can mm-hmm. elaborate on this, but the Kindersley Clippers have been in almost every hockey game this year, and you know they they've been right there with all the teams that they've been playing. They've been right there at the same at the same point at the same time. Uh, Ken Plakin just keeps looking to add a little piece mm-hmm. here, a little piece there. We see them add Joel Webb from Battleford just recently, Logan Cox from Melfort. He's jumped in and made an instant impact yeah, for the Kindersley Clippers. You know, they brought in Falk during the showcase to play net there, Cody Jamin. I mean, they had you know, completely different goaltenders in the, in the preseason. Right. So, you know, Ken Plack and, you know, kudos to him and his staff for saying, Hey, you know, if, if you're not, don't want to be here, if you're not, you know, good enough, if you're not up to our standard, the community here in Kindersley deserves a good product and, and they're going to find people, people elsewhere. And I think, you know, you add a better sort of base and that raises the level of guys like Matthew Mizochi, who mm-hmm. they're relying on Tylen Hillbig, you know, the Poplowski twins, Spencer Poplowski finally, you know, broke out. Everybody, you can see his skill. It just wasn't going in the back of the net. He got a couple there against uh, against Humboldt, I believe. So, you know, kudos to the Clippers, uh, where you know being sort of mediocre in their minds wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. They wanted to they wanted to get better. They wanted to bring in some pieces and, and help out. And and those guys have done that. Kudos to them. And now quietly, the Kinders, the Clippers have won three out of four games. Now. Jamie, let's go to the Notre Dame Hounds. They had a busy week, three games and three nights, picking out three out of a possible six points. Uh, What did you see from the Hounds this weekend? And I guess overall, how was the road trip for them? Yeah, I was very impressed. I was very impressed. I think... So there were three three issues that that the Hounds kind of had early. One was goaltending. Tucker and Abinay, you know, Ashton Billsberger and the new gentleman they brought in looks great too in practice, Strom Blake Howe. You know, those three guys were fantastic over the weekend. So, you know, goaltending seems to be checkmarked there. Then, you know, the, the second thing was details. I think they've cleaned up a lot. You know, guys like Connor O'Keefe has, have come in and done a great job. Luke Helgeson keeps getting better on the blue line. The list goes on. So those details. And then the third thing is goal scoring, and they're still still struggling to put the puck in the back of the net at different times. The last seven periods, Flin Flon and LaRange, if you include the overtime mm-hmm. against LaRange, only one of those periods, in one of those periods, did the Hounds find a way to score a goal. Now, that all being said, they ran into the two hottest goalies maybe in the Saskatchewan <laughs> Junior Hockey League. Uh, Harmon Laser-Hume up in Flin Flon is right. the real deal, and that was a good, good old-fashioned goalies duel there in Flin Flon between Laser Hume and uh, Tucker and Abinay. And then uh, the next night, Dawson Smith and Ashton Billsberger gave each other a great duel too. So Dawson Smith is as good as they come. So, you know, it could have gone, both of those games could have gone either way. It was great hockey up there. I love going up uh, to the Northeast there and, you know, love those communities. It was a, it was a blast. We had fun and, and thank goodness we survived the bus ride home. Yes. So yeah, three points out of six could have been more, but you take it, you move on, you take the positives. Yeah, I think three out of six, you can get half the points that uh, you can on of a three-game and three-night road trip. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the coaching staff must be you know, relatively happy, I think, with the way mm-hmm. that they, they played and the amount of points that they got from the road trip. Uh, Rory, I want to ask you, I know you touched on them last week, but I'll ask you again. 
The LaRange Ice Wolves knocked off the Notre Dame Hounds 3-2 in overtime. They are starting last uh, Saturday night, I should say, kicked off 10 games out of 11 at home. How big is this stretch for the Ice Wolves in their, I guess, in their quest to try and catch the Flin Flon Bombers in that Sherwood division? I think it's pretty big when you look at nine out of their next 10 games are at the Mel Hagland Arena. There's going to be some home cooking for the Kinders, or pardon me, for Kevin Kaminsky and the LaRange Ice Wolves. Uh, it's Jamie, you were just there. It's not an easy building to play in. It's tight. They're on you in an instant. The boards are really wiry behind the netminder as well. So LaRange knows how to play in that building to their advantage. And I think this is a huge stretch. Nine games at home in the next 10, all the way until I believe November 19th. They're pretty much staying in LaRange. And another team that's been staying at home as of late has been the battle for North Stars. Uh, obviously, we've said so much about Battleford so far this year. They're 13-0-0-1 on the season. Their only blemish is a shootout loss to the Melford Mustangs. It was announced today, once again, they are the top team in the CJHL top 20 rankings, joined by the Humboldt Broncos at ninth and an honorable mention by the Flin Flon Bombers. But this weekend, uh, Jamie, another solid performance by Battleford in, in two games against Yorkton. Yeah, you know what? I said last week, looking forward to this matchup, mm -hmm. Matt Hare knows how to game plan against right. the Battle for North Stars, and I'm sure he does, but I don't know what most people, a lot of teams in this league can do uh, against that team, especially in that rink. I mean, the, the Holden Dole, Kean Bell, and uh, Jake Southgate line. Oh, Is there a better line in the SJHL right now, Jeremy? I, I would argue not, and uh, they had 12 points over those two games combined, and Holden Dole is a problem, uh, nine points in three games for him. So, you know, again, we, we've talked about their depth, and mm -hmm. it starts with that line, it goes all the way down, and, you know, they just keep putting pucks in the back of the net. I don't know, it's kind of like a landslide. I think a lot of people have been up at the uh, at the rink there up in North Battleford, and it's felt like all of a sudden the, 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 the walls are caving in on right. you because they're not relentless. So, um, you know, a couple big wins for the Stars, and they just keep on trucking, still have not lost. In regulation. In regulation, of course. Yeah, and the, the thing is, too, with the way that they're playing and obviously this lengthy stretch at home, they're getting great crowds as well, and, and that is a very difficult building uh, to play in. Uh, Rory, when it comes to the team that they beat twice, the Yorkton Terriers, mm -hmm. they've now lost, the Terriers have lost four in a row. They're starting, they're, they're yeah. struggling a little bit when it comes to putting the puck in the back of the net, and now they've dropped uh, down to two games below 500. Any concern about the Terriers in the last couple of weeks? Um, I think there is one kind of glaring concern, and I just want to piggyback on Jamie's talk mm -hmm. first, though, about that top line for the Battle for yeah. North Stars. 31 combined points in the last five games for That's that unreal. top line of Southgate, Dole, and Bell. So they're firing on all cylinders, mm -hmm. and I would agree with Nugsy. It's the best line in the SJHL probably right now. Uh, as for the Yorkton Terriers, you're right. They've lost four in a row. But it, the one glaring kind of area of concern is their third periods because right. they're outscoring their opponents in the first and the second period. And then they're getting outscored 26 to 10 in the third period. So they're kind of just, you know, the wheels are falling off after 40 minutes. And I think that's what they're going to have to address. I don't say that there's reason to panic, but they're playing good. They're mm -hmm. doing their, you know, log in the middle of the ice throughout the first two. And then something happens in the third where, uh, you know, teams are just taking advantage. So that's what I would be concerned about right now for the Terriers. And a prime example of that would be on Friday. They were down by one going into the third period, only 4-3 for Battleford. Mm -hmm. And then Battleford explodes for five goals in that third period. So obviously that'll be something that Can they'll want to address. 
Kindersley did it uh, as well on Saturday. Right. Four goals mm-hmm. in the third period for the Clippers, too. So, yeah, third period's an area of concern right now. And I think, you know, to, to, to continue that point, though, about Yorkton, you know, there are a lot of young guys that we like. We'll talk about Dylan Ruptash a bit yeah. later, I think. Uh, but the thing about young players, especially when you're relying on them to put the puck in the back of the mm-hmm. net, is it'll come in fits and spurts. Like, the consistency piece is something that is so hard for young players to to grasp in this league. And, you know, they rely on a really young group of forwards to put the puck in the net. And that's not really happening right now for Yorkton. I'm sure it'll, you know, turn around. But two goals a game the last little while on average is is tough. It's tough to win when you're only scoring two goals in a hockey game. And, you know, that's what we're seeing with Yorkton right now. For sure. Now let's stick to the Viterra division. It was a a big weekend uh, for Melville and Weyburn. Those two teams playing a home-and-home against one another. I'll get both of your guys' thoughts on this home-and-home. Obviously, the first game was so one-sided for Melville at home, winning 6-1. to And then I would argue the game of the weekend on Saturday, a 7-5 win for the Weyburn Red Wings. And talk about an up-and-down game because we saw Weyburn had a 3-0 lead, a five-goal second period by the Melville Millionaires to take the lead, and then two late goals by Weyburn helped secure the win. I guess, uh, Rory, did this I mean, matchup between these two teams kind of surprise you? Or do you think that, you know, with this Viterra division, it's going to kind of be like this all season where you're going to see results like this? Um, I, I didn't surprise me the second one for sure. I think right. these two teams are pretty evenly matched. And when you get a divisional rival games on the weekend, back and forth. So uh, I think it, it was definitely the most entertaining game of the weekend. Yeah. You mentioned it. Weyburn leads three, nothing Melville with five goals leads five, three Weyburn comes back in the third, Nick Nielsen, their play-by-play guy, you know, lost his hat on that call. <laughs> and that was obviously very exciting yeah. uh, for him and for the Weyburn Red Wings to pick up that win. Because if you look at the standings right now, I mean, Kindersley gets four big points. So they have 10. You have everyone from seven to 12 within two points of each other. Yeah. So these games are, these games are huge, man. We're going to look back come April and you're going to take a peek at this comeback effort for the Kindersley Clippers or the mm-hmm. Weyburn Red Wings, not letting the five goals from Melville right. dispel them. Right. And they pick up two points. So, um, didn't surprise me with the way the game was competitive, but these are the games you're going to look back at in, in, in April. Well, actually, Rory, between 7 and 11, there's a total of zero points. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> They're all on 12 yeah. points. Five, yeah. was that five teams? Five teams are at 12 points. Yeah. 12 points all at once between 7 and 11. That is just nuts. And to add to that, well, obviously. It's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead Jay. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, the, the big thing to mention, though, with the, obviously the five teams with 12 points, each team's played a different amount of games as well, which plays definitely a factor in it. But also to add to it, from 5 to 12 is only separated by six points. It's nuts right now. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, yeah. There, 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 there's, two, there's two spots up for, up for grabs right now between six teams, which, I mean, if you like exciting parody hockey, it, you're getting it right now. So, you know, tune into the radio, get your hockey <laughs> TV subscription, buy your tickets, go to the game because yes. you're getting it. And, it, and, and we're, we're 20% into the season and yes, you're already are. looking mm-hmm. at that playoff line. See, I always like when other people plug the uh, plug the things we have to plug. It's awesome. Thanks, Rory. I appreciate it. Gotcha, um, obviously, you know what we talked about? It was an exciting weekend for both uh, the Weyburn Red Wings and the Melville Millionaires. And from one of those games is where we will find our Tourism Saskatchewan Play of the Week. Have a look. The blue line trying to get this one out, and they do. And the first guy there for it's going to be Tallman, it looks like, if he can get away from Ball. Tallman down the right side. Ball falls. Tallman in front. Scores! What a great goal from Nick Juan Tallman! 
Unassisted, that one will come on the penalty kill. And after giving up two shorthanded goals last game, Nequan Tallman gets one of his own on an absolute. Now, Nequan Tallman, outstanding goal. Unfortunately, his team lost that game 6-1. to one. But, you know, for the Weyburn Red Wings, they've kind of been getting contributions all season long from different players, it seems like, each and every game. Yeah, I know. And you know, that's the way that Cody Mapes has built this team. Right. And I think they are they come at you again with a lot of depth uh, in terms of, you know, effort and consistency all through their lineup. Like, the, the, when teams are going well, they have a good room. They really reflect their captain. Matthew Reddy is, uh, you know, as intense of a competitor as there is in this league. He's the captain of the Weyburn Red Wings, and that's how Cody Mapes built it. You know, guy, people that remember the heyday of the Weyburn Red Wings, you know, earlier in the millennium, you know, you know, years back there, even in the 20, early 2010s, you know, they were intense. They were good. They were also played their hearts out for that uh, wavering community. And Cody Mapes, you know, is trying to get that those guys on that same path. And big time respect to the Weyburn Red Wings to win that hockey game, the second game, because they were up three nothing. They blew it. Yeah. And a lot of young teams would say, oh, you know, woe is me. This is a tough night, you know just sad sad for us but no they they stuck in there they kept going and Lucas Jeffries you know with the with the game winning goal the call that Rory was talking about there Jeffries with the goal back door <laughs> in the third period was was just uh, Nick Nielsen going nuts and Nick is a great broadcaster in this league we we all love and appreciate him and you know big time kudos uh, especially again after losing the previous game six to one you know it's going to be like that as Rory said uh, throughout the you know the battles here near you know the last kind of play a couple play off spots in the league and Weyburn got the tying goal in that game with 554 left and they scored the game winner with about a minute and a half left so mm -hmm. uh yeah like you mentioned a young team finding a way to win and it would have been easy for them to fold but they found a way to bounce back and get in the win column now one uh set of games that we haven't talked about yet so that we'll we'll wrap up this kind of segment with is the Estevan Bruins and the Melfort Mustangs and I think this weekend was Definitely an important one for the Melfort Mustangs who, you know, we talked about it last week. You know, it's they, they knocked off the Balfour North Stars on the Friday and then they lost to the Kindersley Clippers the other night. We It's been a very inconsistent start to the year for the Melfort Mustangs, Rory, but for them to win two tight games at home against the Estevan Bruins who have been playing pretty well, uh, obviously the last uh, couple of weeks, you know, what's that going to do for them moving forward? Well, I mean, they were in 10th place two weeks ago. Last time I was in studio with you guys and right. we were saying, you know, Melford is, is in a little bit of a, a, a stretch right here where they're going to have to find a way to get out of it. And all the, all, all of a sudden, five more games in throughout two weeks and, and they're right up into fifth place. So they have a league best penalty kill. So that's what you expect from the Melford Mustangs, 88.7%. And Estevan in those two games had 19 shots in the first game and 23 shots in the second game. If that's not prototypical Melfort Mustang style hockey, I don't know what is. Mm -hmm. I know you said, Jeremy, you were at the game and you're like, it was kind of a boring game. And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that puts a smile right on Trevor Blevins' face. That's exactly mm -hmm. how the Melfort Mustangs want to play. And uh, two big wins against the Bruins. The only thing for Esteban that I have, and I'll ask it and then lead it to Jamie there, is are you worried at all about the minutes for Herjlicka? Because he has about 200 more minutes than the second goalie in the SJHL. He's getting a huge workload and it's already it's only October right now. 
Uh, worried? I don't know about worried. I'm not surprised, though, because Jason Tatarnik sure. does love to ride a goalie. Right. And you know what? Jackson Miller did play uh, in, in that second mm-hmm. game and, and didn't do too badly. And he's a young goaltender. It's so hard to judge a, a goalie uh, stepping right into the SJHL. You know, it's 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 a big jump. It you is. know, We've seen that all over the league. So, you know, kudos to Jackson Miller for playing pretty well that uh, that mm-hmm. second game, even though it wasn't a win. But, yeah, not, not, not concerned. But, uh, you know, you talk about the Melfort. For Mustangs, and we've always talked about them for the last number of years. Rory and Jeremy too is there's such a system, system team, system team, system team. And what I saw when I saw the Mustangs a couple of years ago was, or a couple of weeks ago, I should say, was a team that didn't look like they were buying into right. what their coach necessarily was preaching. And I think what we've seen, we saw against the Estevan Bruins is that they have, they can, they can do what Trevor Blevins wants. And uh, they were, they were a little bit over aggressive. They were chasing pucks, getting out of position before. Now they're back to what they're supposed to be. And the last thing I'll say is Trevor mm-hmm. Blevins, again, similar to Ken Plaquin, what I said about earlier, you know, if, if, if you're not good enough, if you're not up to Melfort Mustangs, you know, snuff, then, then see you later, my way or the highway. And I'll, and well, I'll may bring somebody else in and Ryan Duguay coming in from the Alberta junior league. Seems like he's hit the ground running, right? Five points in those two games for the big power forward from the Alberta junior league. So, you know, he kind of fits in what, uh, what Trevor Blevins wants a heavy guy, you know, guys who plays fast, but uh, you know, it seems like the Melfort Mustangs, if they can take what they showed mm-hmm. than this, then it's what we expected. They'll be hard for anybody to beat. Yeah, two wins by the Melford Mustangs this weekend gets them back to the 500 mark. Meanwhile, the Estevan Bruins, with their two losses, they drop below 500, but they still lead that Viterra division. But uh, they'll be looking to snap a mm-hmm. three-game losing skid uh, later this week when they take on the Balfour North Stars tomorrow night in Battleford. Now, after the break, we will be joined by the latest commits for Lindenwood University, that being Flynn Flon Bombers forward Jaden Mercier, the latest Direct West commitment. Uh, Jaden will join us here on SJHL Weekly right after the break. This is SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. Welcome back to SJHL Weekly. Thank you so much for joining us across our SJHL social media platforms. My name is Jeremy Corrigan, joined as always by Jamie Neugebauer and Rory McGoran via video chat. And we are now excited to be joined by the latest Lindenwood University commits, a direct West commitment, that being Jaden Mercier of the Flin Flon Bombers. Jaden, how are we doing today? Doing good. How are you guys? We're doing great. We get to talk hockey with you, so we're excited. Jaden, I guess first and foremost, uh, congratulations on the commitment to Lindenwood, but uh, I guess tell us a little bit about how this kind of came about for you. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, Yeah, we started talking. I think it was the first time they reached out to me was after the showcase. I think I knew that they were had been watching me for a little bit, and... Yeah, they reached out. I think it was maybe the first or second phone call was when they offered. So got got into my research and started looking into the program. Thought it would be a good fit for me. So about it. Hook them up on the deal and that's all. <laughs> 
Perfect. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Congratulations, uh, Jaden. You know, I got to ask you too the value or the importance, I should say, of of the familiarity that you'll have with uh, one guy that's down there, I guess, and Drew Kuzma. You know, how much? Uh, what's the word? Recruiting, I guess we'll say. <laughs> Did Drew do to to say, hey, I come down to Lindenwood? Or how much was he involved? Of course, for those that don't know, Drew Kuzma, part of the Centennial Cup team there with Jaden uh, last year. Yeah, I know a good buddy, Drew. We kept in touch. Um, it was more so after the fact. I told him that, yeah, I've been talking to Lindenwood, and he showed me around campus a little bit and showed me his dorm room, whole setup. Gave me a little bit of the insight on the the underworld down there, so to say. <laughs> Sounded like a great place. He loves it there, so thought it'd be a good fit for me as well. Excited to meet back up with him out there. So, Jaden, yeah, congratulations. There's a wealth of SJHL talent down there in Lindenwood for sure. But uh, I want to talk about kind of your game throughout your tenure with the Flint Flon Bombers, starting in 2019-20, 16 points there in 44 games. And then you can see the development just progressing. Of course, COVID took away, you know, one of the most integral seasons, but it didn't hamper you over a point per game your next season. And then this year on a pace for, you know, 1.3 points per game. What has Mike Reagan and Cole McKegg and kind of that Flint Flon Bombers culture helped you grow your hockey and now at the end goal, getting that NCAA Division One commitment? Yeah, no, they've been huge uh, in my uh, development. Um, I think a big piece of it has been my 200-foot game, just developing more of a well-rounded game. And I think one of the biggest changes that I've seen in my game throughout my years here in Flint Flon is just the maturity. I think I've matured a lot as a player, not only on the ice, but off the ice as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I think that's been uh, something we've been seeing. I think you know you've gotten some penalty kill time even here, and, and I know Mike Reagan doesn't throw that kind of thing out too much. You know, I, I, every time I talk to Mike about you and about all the guys that were involved with the Centennial Cup uh, last year, you know, he said, you know, that's five games plus the finals you know seven games plus all those games in the playoffs that helped you guys develop and learn and grow you know even that more maybe even more than another guy in the league that's your age but hasn't played you know the same number of games so I gotta ask you what did you learn specifically you know by that seven game finals and by that experience of the Centennial Cup which I should add over a point per game for you at the Centennial so it didn't seem like I guess it was too much of a trouble for you but what did you learn over that time? Um, what did I learn? Just uh, the speed that it takes to play at that top level. Um, depth, so many important things. Leadership. We had a great group of leaders last year, so mm-hmm. just having that experience under my belt, learning from those guys, helped me out this year. And I'm sure I learned more than that. That's all I <laughs> think. You learned, maybe you learned that the, that the life isn't fair because the uh, the Pickering Panthers goal that, uh, uh, sorry for sad memories, that eliminated you guys in overtime was 100% a high stick. Shouldn't have been a goal. You bet you agree, right, Jaden? 100%. Yeah, high stick. Hey, hey Jaden, um, when you look back at that team and then take a look at the team you guys have right now, how would you compare the two? What would you say are some of you know the differences that you can see this team bring to the table? I mean, we all know that you lost Cal Shell, but Harmon Laser Hume seems to be you know one of the top goaltenders in the league. 
No more Cole Vardy and Xavier Lapointe, but you got Alex Von Sprecken and Reese Richmond, another year of development. So it doesn't seem like you guys have lost a beat, but how would you compare the two teams? Well, I'm definitely got our, our similarities. Uh, I think we got another strong defensive team. Like you said, laser has been a huge part of that so far this year. Um, Goaltending has not been an issue for us whatsoever. And we're gonna, I think last year we had our identity was our, really our character. I think we're still working on finding that a little bit more here this year, but I think we're off to a pretty good start. There's a couple of games that we'd like to have back and still got some growing to do as a team, but I think we're in a good place to start the year. For you guys, obviously, uh, you guys are off to a great start, like you mentioned uh, this year. But when you guys are playing, you know, Flin Flon Bombers hockey, how are you wanting to play this year? Um, fast, physical game. Uh, that's something that we're always preaching, not only in games, but in practice. Practice how you play, you win in practice. So playing fast and physical is two big things for us. Jaden, I got Jaden, I got one more for you here, and uh, it does go back to last year because I haven't had a chance to talk to you since me and Nugsy called the SJHL finals uh, with two amazing atmospheres. Just what was it like playing in the Whitney Forum during the finals? Because I know broadcasting, you couldn't even hear yourself think. Yeah, I know it was super special. I've never really been part of anything like that up until that point. Mm -hmm. So experience for me playing in front of all those fans is crazy. You get some instant feedback and gotta love that oh yeah yeah uh, awesome very cool you know just also gotta ask you you know what it's it what's it like playing for the Flin Flon Bombers because you know I, I talked to uh, Mike uh, quite a bit actually when the Hounds uh, we were just up there watching your last game and so you know we had that experience what a game that was uh, very entertaining but you know I, I gotta ask you what's it like playing up there with so many road trips and so many time so much time in the hotels on the road and staying in Regina and playing here and there you know how, how do you how, how, how have you enjoyed that so far you know over what is it a hundred years you've been on the Flin Flon Bombs <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been good. Lots of travel for sure, but time on the bus, no service. Guys are not on their phones, so <laughs> lots of bonding time, playing cards and whatnot, just joking around. So been good. I guess finally, Jaden, uh, you guys are coming off a 2-0 win over the Notre Dame Hounds, but you guys are back at it once again at home this weekend against the Melville Millionaires for two games. I mean, what, what are you looking forward to with uh, those two games against Melville, and what are you going to have to do to be successful this weekend? Yeah, obviously for us, it's our parents' weekend, so I want to put on a good show for our moms and dads and hopefully get two wins here. I think in order to do that, we're going to have to stay disciplined, play our style of hockey, and play with lots of energy. For sure. Jaden, last one for me. Thank you so much for your time. It's been awesome to, to cover you over the years. Um, just give us a little bit of uh, inside scoop your, your buddy, your teammate, your line mate, Jacob Vockler, just committing uh, to Merrimack, and we're going to hope to have him on as well at some point to talk about his commitment. But, uh, you know, just give the, the people out there the, the, the down low, the scoop on Jacob Vockler, what he brings, and, and you know, how happy you and the, and the boys in the room are for him. Yeah, huge congrats to uh, Vox. Um, great player, love playing with the guy. I think he's a player that brings um, 
lot of intensity. He thinks the game kind of the same way I do. He's a very smart player, super skilled, and kind of does it all. 200-foot player. I think Merrimack got a really good pickup in him. Well, and Lindenwood University got a great pickup in you as well. Jaden, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And once again, congratulations on your commitment to Lindenwood University. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. That is Flynn Flon Bombers forward and recent direct West commit to Lindenwood University, Jaden Mercier. A great chat with Jaden. And after the break, we will dive into this week's edition of Players of the Week. Spoiler, it was a tough one. It was a tough week for Players of the Week, just in deciding who was going to win the awards. But we will announce the Players of the Week right after the break. This is SJHL Weekly across all of the SJHL social media platforms. Welcome back to SJHL Weekly across all of the SJHL social media platforms. My name is Jeremy Corrigan, and thank you so much for joining us as always every Monday. And a big shout out once again uh, to all of our sponsors who help make this show and all of our other uh, shows uh, possible. That being Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Great Western, Cantera Seeds, RBC, Sastel, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Tourism Saskatchewan, and Young's Equipment. As always, of course, I am joined by Jamie Nugabauer and Rory McGoran. And guys, what a great chat with Jaden Mercier. Like, an unbelievable kid, very humble, and obviously, well, very well-deserving of a Division One commit. I think we could see it coming for the last few years, right, Nugsy? We knew Jaden Mercier was destined for NCAA Division I, the way he plays for the Flin Flon Bombers, one of the most talented and electric players in the SJHL. I know he was my pick uh, prior to the season to lead the SJHL in points. I think he's about three points off that pace, still uh, trailing Cade Runke there at the Estevan Bruins. But, um, yeah, he's one of the top players in the league and one of my favorites to watch night in, night out for the Bombers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, we've talked at length about the quality of goaltending in this league, mm -hmm. uh, but Jaden consistently, you know, on that half <laughs> wall, he pulls it just a little bit, little toey, and then snipe top corner uh, on like everybody. So like he's he's a real problem, and he puts the type of pressure on D men, uh, Jeremy, that that no D men enjoy. And we talked about that Bell Southgate uh, Dole line. Mm -hmm. You know, Vockler coming back from the North American League. Yeah. You put them with uh, Cole Dupereau and Mr. Mercier. That is as difficult a line to handle as the, the SJHL as well. So, Flynn Flynn's off to a pretty good start this year, I'd say. Yeah, a pair and of... New, and, and Go ahead, Rory. Oh, sorry, 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 Jeremy. I was just going to say, Nugsy, I saw you tweet out the other uh, the other day about, you know, line matching and whatnot. Well, how about Linden one and what they're getting with the yeah. SJHL? I think yeah. you, you set it up on a power play with Mercier up to Drew Kuzma, Ethan Zilke in the bumper. But there was a fourth one, too, wasn't there, that I'm forgetting? Elliot Dutiel. Elliot Dutiel. There you go. Yeah. yeah. He's no longer, of course, in the SJ. He's on Brooks, but... You know, yeah. he played for the Notre Dame Hounds last year. Yeah. If you weren't aware, 37 goals. Pretty good. But a pair of direct West commitments this week, uh, two Division I, NCAA Division I commitments for the Flin Flon Bombers. We obviously just talked uh, about with Jaden Mercier. But, of course, yeah, let's touch on uh, Jacob Vockler as well. Well-deserving. Obviously, a, a big impact and a big mm -hmm. return for him coming back from the North American League, Jamie, just like you kind of mentioned. But ever since he's been back, he has been outstanding for the Flin Flon Bombers early on this season. Yeah, whenever you can plug and play your first-line center 
it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And have that chemistry. You know, I think speaking to Mike Reagan about, uh, you know, trying to get, uh, you know, Jacob, uh, Jaden Mercier going this year right. offensively on a consistent basis. You know, having a guy like Jacob Vockler who can skate with him and play with him and have that, you know, interchange of, of great skill that those guys have. You know, Cole Dupero is a great player in his own right, but he does it a little bit differently. He's a little bit north-south. He's a little bit more, you know, from the blue paint. He's a little bit more, you know, defense and, and all that kind of thing. So, you know, Vockler and Mercier, you heard Jaden say it, Jeremy, mm-hmm. think about on the very similar light wavelength. And boy, oh boy, is that a line that nobody wants to face Uh <laughs> Vockler, Duper, Mercier for Flynn flowing up there at the Whitney, and the, pl- the, pl- the fans are going bananas. Ooh, rough. Yeah, it is rough. Uh, <laughs> you, you mentioned, obviously, the, the one line for Battleford being the number one line mm-hmm. in the league. I think uh, they're definitely a, a close second. Mm-hmm. I guess, Rory, I, I mean, your thoughts on, on Vockler's commitment as well to uh, Mary Mack College. Merrimack's, yeah, an unbelievable achievement for Jacob Vockler mm. for sure, and everyone in the Flint Flint Bomber organization. They seem to churn out about one or two of these every year, so uh, I love seeing it. And we saw the impact that Vockler has to the Flint Flint Bombers as soon as he came back mm-hmm. uh, into the SJHL. He had points in his first five games. Um, he's got eight points in seven, but uh, the thing that jumped out to me last year about Vockler is he's one of the best penalty killers in the league. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and I, it's, he's, a guy, he's a guy that does it all. So, it, an invaluable asset to get back for the Flynn Flon Bombers. Huge piece. And, yeah. and Jamie mentioned it. Uh, he, he completes that top line and makes him one of the most deadliest lines uh, in the SJHL. And we mentioned it when Bockler returned. Anytime any team in the SJHL can add a, essentially a top six forward for free, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's going to help them immensely. But obviously, two, congratulations uh, to both Mercier and Bockler on their commitments. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a few more coming from the Flin Flon Bombers uh, later on this season. But it is now time to get to our Players of the Week announcement. I kind of mentioned it. We uh, It was a tough week when it comes to deciding on the Players of the Week uh, this week, as it is always week uh, each week in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. So we will get started with the SGEU Player of the Week and we ended up deciding and going with Ryan Dugay of the Melfort Mustangs. His first two games as a Melfort Mustang. He had two goals and three assists. And as I was writing the article this morning, he was involved in every goal with the Melfort Mustangs this weekend, except for the empty netter Friday night against the Estevan Bruins. So very well deserved. Yeah, well deserved. And, you know, <laughs> Trevor Blevins plays to win. All the time. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, Ryan, come in. You know, no special teams for you. We'll just let you settle in, get a few practices, blah, blah, blah. No, it's straight onto the power play. It's straight into big minutes. It's straight into key situations. And, you know, Dugay given that trust and rewards it right away with, uh, you know, he was part of power play goals. All the all the goals uh, in the second game were on the power play for, right. for Melfort. So there were three for nine with a man advantage. Dugay was, you know, a part of a nice-looking power play there for, for Melfort right away. Big, strong guy, 6'2", you know, protects the puck well. You saw him yourself in mm-hmm. person, Jeremy. And, um, yeah, didn't really work out this year for him in, uh, in the Alberta Junior League in Drumheller. Right. And uh, working so far for him in Melfort, so, er, small sample size. Yeah, very small sample yeah. side, but yeah, Jamie or Rory, rather, sorry, uh, you can hop in here. What, what do you think? I guess early on of, of Duque's play for the Melfort Mustangs. I just think sometimes people need a, a change of scenery. 
right? Mm-hmm. And maybe if it's not working with Drumheller, it comes to Melfort. And it's just, you know, it's a it's a reset button, right? And Ryan Dugay, he's a welcome addition for the mm-hmm. Melfort Mustangs, who only have four forwards above five points so far. So they're, they're going to need more scoring. And this guy comes in, as you mentioned, he had a touch on every single goal they scored this weekend. So, yeah, I'm sure the fans are smiling up in Melfort, but sometimes it's just you just need a change of pace sometimes and i hope it works out really good it looks like it is a great acquisition for ryan dugay yeah like like you guys mentioned an early sample size but so far so good and and congratulations to ryan uh for being named sgu player of the week now moving on to sastel goalie of the week and i mean there was a couple of goaltenders this week guys that you know had had shutouts but one goaltender who definitely was, and I don't think it was close, the busiest goaltender <laughs> was uh, Cody Jamin of the Kindersley Clippers, who is Sastel Goalie of the Week. A 2.5 goals against average, a 945 save percentage, but he faced 91 shots in two games, making 86 saves. Uh, Rory, you saw him on Friday. How, just how good was he uh, for the Kindersley Clippers? Yeah, he was integral. Faced 44 of those 91 shots against the Humboldt Broncos, which is what you expect when you go up against the Broncos, right? right. They're the highest uh, shooting team in the SJHL. But then he wasn't any uh, lackluster of pucks uh, coming towards him against the Yorkton Terriers the next day. Doesn't go with uh, Logan Falk, sticks with Jamin and Nett back-to-back nights, and then faces, what, another 45 shots and right. against the Yorkton Terriers? Cody Jamin was unbelievable against Humboldt, and, and then he's kept his team in it up until the third period against Yorkton, and then the offense took over the job, scored four more goals in the third, and two big wins for the Clippers. Jamin uh, was a rock star in net for both games. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, is Jamin was also in net for mm-hmm. that game against the Melfort Mustangs as well, and obviously mm-hmm. for Ken Plaquin and company, you mentioned it, Rory, you know, he, he went back to him on, on Saturday against Yorkton. I think it's just a case of you, you go with the hot hand that, you know, one helped win the game against Humboldt. Yeah, I, I think we can surmise from the outside that Ken Plaquin wasn't thrilled with his goaltending situation early in the year. Sure. No, no, no offense to anybody, obviously, in particular, but... He, he's turned it over completely, and, uh, you know, kudos, because it seems like Jamin and Falk are a very nice one-two combo. You mentioned it, Melford, or Kindersley got that, you know, game, that huge, huge win at home against the Melford Mustangs, 7-4. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the Kindersley Clippers also ending October on their own long homestand. Right. So that is also a factor. I mean, they haven't played too many games at the West Central Events Center this year, so uh, I think that's going to help anybody. But uh, Cody Jamin also... More goals this year than a lot of players in the SJHL, as does Caleb Allen of the Orcs Interior. So we got, he's a goal scorer too, folks. He is. Uh, yeah, he's, t- <laughs> you caught me off guard with that one, Jamie. That's good. Yes, that's right. And it was that Melford game that T got credited right. uh, for that empty net goal. But a big congratulations uh, to Cody Jamin. Definitely uh, well-deserving of Sastel goalie of the week. All right, moving on to Direct West rookie of the week. Um, it might have not been a good week for the Yorkton Terriers, losing all three games on the road, but uh, Dylan Ruptash had a pretty solid week. He had two goals and an assist, and he is uh, Direct West Rookie of the Week. And I think the biggest thing with Ruptash, too, is we, we touched on it earlier when we were talking about Yorkton, is you know they're getting younger players to contribute offensively, and, and Ruptash is, is second in team scoring. Yeah, he's been outstanding. The second he put on a Yorkton jersey in training camp, he was outstanding. In exhibition, he was outstanding. You know, it took him a little while to find the back of the net in uh, in the regular season. 
Uh, took him five games to score his first goal, but he's been, you know, doing doing his thing since then. And I think he's realizing that, you know, it's it versus U18 in Alberta. Right. You're going to have a lot less time and space to make a little fancy move, this and that. A lot of his goals are going to the right place. Someone makes a nice pass. Don't waste any time. Bear down. You know, finish it hard. And that's what he's doing. He's very, very smart. Somebody uh, with the Arctic Terriers in the preseason I talked to compared his offensive instincts to Chance Petruick's, wow. which is a huge thing to say. It is. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and they don't throw that around in Yorkton too much. No. <laughs> Obviously, there are lots of other elements to Chance Petruick's right. game. But, you know, Ruptash uh, certainly seems like, oh, how did he end up there? And it's in the back of the net. And, uh, you know, got to be impressed by that type of offensive ability. Rory? Yeah, it's part of that, um, you know, SSAC Athletics U18 yeah. program there in Alberta, but um, a good find for Matt Hare for sure. And as Jamie mentioned it earlier in the show, when we were doing our recap. It's He's going to be leaned on a lot with on the top line for the Arctic Terriers. He's one of the young players that they're going to need to try to get offense mm -hmm. out on a consistent basis to be successful. So good week for him and uh, one to keep an eye out for sure. 2004 birth year. So a couple of years left of eligibility here in the SJHL. And they're going to lean on him. They, they need him to produce for the Orchid Terriers to be successful. Yeah, he's already producing for them. And, and you can expect, you know, for the rest of the year, he's going to be a big contributor for them uh, down the stretch as they compete for a Viterra division uh, title. Um, so congratulations to Dylan on being Direct West Rookie of the Week. And then finally, Defenseman of the Week. And uh, once again, we had another good week of... Uh, offensive production from defensemen this week, but we ended up going with Jordan Grill, of the Balfour mm -hmm. North Stars, four assists, including a three assist game against uh, the Yorkton Terriers. I do believe it was on Thursday night in the nine, three game, but you know, it's interesting, Rory. We talk about the Balfour North Stars. We talk about how, you know, deep their lineup is from, mm -hmm. from the net, from the blue line to the forward. It seems like we're talking about a different player each and every week when it comes to the Balfour North Stars and their amazing start to the season. Great segue, Jeremy. That's why you're a pro, and that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to talk about. It, it seems like uh, I don't think we've had a week of Player of the Weeks where a Battle for North Star hasn't been on it. We'll and have to look, uh, yeah. you know what? That, that, that's to no one's fault but the Battle for North Stars because of how well they're playing. And you're right. It hasn't been it hasn't been the same player every week. We had mm -hmm. Jake Southgate one week, uh, Tynan Ewart, Josh Kotai, now Jordan Grill. Uh, they could just do it in, in any way. 13 wins, haven't lost the regulation, number one ranked team in the country. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I expect this trend to continue throughout the whole season with at least one out of the four being on the Battle for North Stars. <laughs> Yeah, hey, got to got to send a big time shout out to Wiley Riendo, the director of scouting out there in Battlefords. Yeah. There, there, there are other very good ones in this league, but there's nobody better, you know, than Wiley up in Battlefords. And here's a stat for you: uh, four D-men in the top five D-men in league scoring for Battlefords. There's a big tie for third <laughs> right, with 11 yeah. points. So there's that's a big list. It's not like Battlefords, 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 but. You know, there's four of them in that, you know, big tie out there. So, you know, the depth is huge as we talked about it. And last thing I'll say is Rory and I, we talk about it all the time. We love when the local boys yes. are doing well. And Jordan Grill is a local boy up there to Battlefords. And they've done a great job bringing the kids through that uh, Battleford Stars program. And, uh, and you know, Braden Klamosko giving guys opportunity. So, you know, he's loved Jordan Grill since he's been a battle for his North Star, has Braden Klamosko, and for good reason, he continues to prove it. 
Well, that, well, it puts butts in the seats too. It does. Is what it does, right. right? When you have that home, when you have that hometown boy, Jake Southgate, Jordan Grill on the lineup, it doesn't hurt that they're all stars in the league as well. <laughs> no. Uh, no, but 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 yeah, it's uh, that's why you're seeing you know the attendance with Battlefords is right up there at the top of the league. Humboldt, you have Noah Barlaghi and McLaren Paulson, their attendance right at the top of the league. So I love seeing the home cooking with these players that you can keep in your system, and uh, and then when they're ready, get them in and get them playing. And I guess finally, just to, to build off defenseman of the week, I mean, you touched on it there just a little bit, Jamie, when it comes to uh, defenseman scoring in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. I know myself and Clark had talked about it a little bit on SJHL Insider last week, but the defenseman scoring is so, there's such a log jam. And I think it just speaks to the talent level of how mm -hmm. good, how many good defensemen we have in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Because it seems like each and every week when you look at that top 10 scoring when it comes to defensemen in the SJHL, you know, you're seeing different names in and out. And, you know, that's great for obviously the league, but also great for development of all the players and all the defensemen in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Yeah, you know, you, you nailed it on the head. I mean, the, the list of, of premium defensemen in this league is mm -hmm. long. It's, you know, I think it's longer than, than in previous years, even this year. It's, right. it's really off the charts. And, you know, there, there's lots we could have even mentioned for uh, for defenseman of the week this week. I mean, it was just another insane, you know, weekend for Jared Sitch for the Notre Dame Hounds as mm -hmm. well. You know, Tynan Ewart even was was great for Battlefords. Could have been him. Could have been done, you know, a big list. Guy like Tyson Perkins in Yorkton, you know, he's not going to get big points, but he's, you know, on the ice all the time. He's so invaluable That's for right. that Yorkton Terriers team. So, you know, there's a lot of guys out there, and Jordan Girl's just another one. For sure. Rory, do you want to add to that? Uh, yeah, you just love seeing the uh, the style of play that the coaches are bringing to the table, which yeah. allows these defensemen to not only protect their own uh, zone, but they know when to jump in the rush. And you're just seeing so much offense from the blue line that it's it's always exciting to watch that style of play. And I yeah, I, I, I love it. Whether it's Tyne and Ewart, like like Nuji mentioned, Alex Blanchard off of Estevan, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Dalen Weagle off Humboldt or whoever Melford has, all of them can do it. So line, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, no, I know. I'm just, I didn't want to single out one because Melford has a plethora of D-men that can <laughs> yes. jump into the rush and, and provide offense. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I just love it. It just makes it for entertaining hockey when you have that, uh, you know, that kind of hybrid player that can do that. Yeah, it seems like every team in the SJHL almost has like one or two guys that love hopping in the rush and, and are producing points. But uh, just to recap, players of the week. SGU player of the week is Ryan Dugay of the Melfort Mustangs with two goals and three assists. Sastel goalie of the week is Cody Jamin of the Kindersley Clippers, a 2.5 goals against average, a 945 save percentage. Direct West uh, rookie of the week is uh, Dylan Ruptash of the Yorkton Terriers with two goals and an assist. And defenseman of the week is Jordan Grill of the Battleford North Stars with four assists finally you know last week we didn't have much to talk about when it comes to games in the saskatchewan junior hockey league during the week this week is a whole lot different we have two games on tap tomorrow so let's take a look at them the estevan bruins looking to snap a three game losing skid which actually started against these battle for north stars as they are back at uh, the acc for a matchup with the stars at 7 30 tomorrow night and the melville millionaires will be up in larange to take on the ice wolves at 7 30 and that also kicks off two games between melville and larange this week as we move into wednesday the humboldt broncos are back in action as they visit the yorkton terriers yorkton looking to snap a four-game losing skid. And then the Kindersley Clippers will play host to the Estevan Bruins. There's that second game between Melville and LaRange that I had mentioned. And the Weyburn Red Wings will pay a visit to the Northern Lights Palace to visit the Melfort 
Mustangs. Rory, when I uh, when we show those two days of games, I guess what kind of stands out to you? Um, I, I, it's a little bit of a lighter lighter weekend set because of how many great games we got throughout the week. That right. wasn't the case last week, right? But mm -hmm. um, it's a big week here for the Battleford's North Stars, and I know that they're <laughs> the first place team in right. the SJHL. They're unbeaten. But they got a tough test against Estevan. Mm -hmm. And then we all know on the weekend, it's the top two teams in the league, Battlefords and Humboldt, for the first time in the season. So can Battlefords keep that unbeaten record in three really tough games? That's what I'm looking to see. Newsy? Yeah, I'm looking to see the Kindersley Clippers. You know, are they for real? Can they keep it going? You know, they have uh, Estevan in town, too. So, you know, good to see the Clippers uh, do that. You know, interesting to see Logan Cox jump right in and play a big role for them. Can they? Can their goaltending keep up this pace? You know, they, they've been uh, not bad, as I said, all year long. It should be, you know, very interesting. It's very interesting to see how the Mills do uh, up in LaRange getting Nick and Drusiak back from the Portland Winterhawks right. is a big ad for them on the back end. Aiden Robson is back too. So they've got some heavier guys now back on the back end there for Melville. And I would not count them out. Even though LaRange is red hot right now, that's going to be very interesting up there. I was actually going to mention the flip side of that is LaRange Ice Wolves continuing, uh, yeah. obviously, their lengthy stint at home. Two games against the Melville Millionaires. And, you know, if they can... Uh, you know, build off that win against the Notre Dame Hounds and potentially pick up two wins against the Melville Millionaires this week. You know, guys, we're looking at a different team at the top of the Sherwood division. Yeah, you know what? They just find a way. Like, Larage, they, they, first of all, they got incredible goaltending. Right. Dawson Smith, Topher Chirico, both as good as it gets right now in the league. But uh, they just have lots of guts. They got big hearts. You know, they're dealing with a few injuries. But Rory mentioned him last week, Riley Morgan. You know, the overtime winner for Larage, it was just Riley Morgan skating by the Notre Dame Hounds, That's basically. Right. And went in on Ashton Billsberger <laughs> and beat him. That was the goal. Like, that's how fast Riley Morgan is. I don't know if the Hounds were aware about how fast that guy was because he was just like, and that's and he was gone. But uh, you know what? They they have pieces up there in LaRange. You know, Liam McInnes is back. That's such a huge piece on the blue line for LaRange, too. So, man, especially in their barn, they are not easy for anybody. No, for sure. And then obviously also, uh, I guess, a big one for Melford and Weber. And I think that one's very intriguing as well because you have a Melford Mustangs team coming off of two wins against the Estevan Bruins, Rory. And you have a Weber and Red Wings team that obviously they built, they, they were able to bounce back and get that 7-5 win against the Melville Millionaires on Saturday at, on home ice. But now they try to continue that on the road. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think Melfort's figured it out now and a great acquisition. We already talked about him, Ryan Dugay. Uh, but for the Weyburn Red Wings, they got two big games, Melfort, mm -hmm. and then later on is against the Nippowin Hawks. That's These right. are teams that you're jockeying in position with when you look at the standings and how many teams are two points uh, or, or no points, as Nugsy said, about <laughs> four or five teams there, all tied with 12. And uh, Weyburn going to try to keep pace with that. We got a lot of... Uh, a lot of interesting ones is Estevan and Kindersley. Yeah. You know, Kindersley picked up those four points. So they're trying to stay in there. Yorkton trying to stay in there, but they've lost four in a row. That's the reason they are in that mix. Notre Dame, you know, picked up a single point. So it's all kind of happening from all angles. But Weyburn has two big games. You mentioned Melfort and then Nippon this weekend. I guess finally, final thing we're going to touch on before we wrap up this edition of SJHL Weekly. Uh, we, can't, we come together each and every week to produce uh, the SJHL Power Rankings. And I just want to... Get your guys' thoughts on this week's power rankings without revealing anything, but just how difficult it was this week to produce the power rankings because of, you know, that log jam in the SJHL standings, how teams performed this past week, everything like that. Rory, we'll start with you. 
Yeah, I think is it is it fair to say, and you guys can agree or disagree, we talked about it before, like, you know, after 10, 15 games, we're going to see the league start to go in tiers. Sure. I really think there's only two right now. I think you got Battle for Tumult and Flin Flon. LaRange is really close to breaking into that top tier. Right. But then it's like everyone else. Like, and it's really hard to <laughs> decipher. So if you're making power rankings, yeah, put the names in a hat and uh, in a cup and roll the dice out <laughs> and then put them there because it, it's so tight and I love to see it. Yeah, we actually we got to five, I think, on the board here. And then yeah. after five, we're like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, now I have a headache. But, yeah, no, it's it's cool. But, it, hey, it's what you want, right? Like, we've talked about it a lot. We don't want to know who the champion is too early. We want right. we want a race. We don't want the playoff seedings to be known too early. We want lots of races. And, and it's good for fan bases. It's good for selling tickets. It's good for interest in, you know, hockey TV. You know, I know, I know I'm going to, you know, get my uh, popcorn, maybe a beverage, and sit down and watch those Humboldt Battlefords games this weekend. It's going to be an absolute blast. To, to watch those two go teams go at it and and see what Braden Klamosko and Scott Barney have for each other, uh, little wrinkles and tactics and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's what you want. And power rankings are just that. They're power rankings. They're not a look at the standings. They are just power rankings. And at the end of the day, they create a discussion, just like what we're having now in a discussion amongst fans. So you can agree with them. Mm -hmm. You can disagree with them. But uh, regardless, you can find them on SJHL. .ca uh, tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. That's going to do it for this episode of SJHL Weekly. Before we go, once again, we got to thank uh, all of our great sponsors that help us put on this show each and every week. Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Great Western, uh, Cantera Seeds, RBC, Sastel, SGEU, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Tourism Saskatchewan, Young's Equipment, Thank you all so much for your support, and it helps us, obviously, being able to put on our show each and every week and also SJHL Insiders each and every week. A big shout-out to Jaden Mercier for coming on the show today. We really appreciate Jaden coming on. Uh, of course, he's the latest Lindenwood University commit, a direct West commitment. But be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where you can find all of our shows on demand, both SJHL Weekly, SJHL Insider, and all the other great features that we produce for the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. For Rory McGorgan, Rory McGoran, jeez, I've been talking too much here, guys. Jamie Nugebauer, my name is Jeremy Corgan, and this has been another great edition of SJHL Weekly.